Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, what's up, church? I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. And on behalf of Carrie and I and our family, we want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving weekend. And we're so glad that you are in God's house today. I wanted just to take a few moments and thank each and every one of you for your generosity and you bringing your heart for the house offering to our great King, the Lord Jesus. You know, the last couple of weekends have been very, very powerful as as a people, how we are learning how to bring a king an offering and how to really honor him in that way. And it has been so, so powerful. I want to remind those of you that weren't here or if you haven't gotten your heart for the house offering in yet, please make sure and do that. And what we want you to do is just bring Jesus an offering with the respect and honor that he deserves as our great king. Now, look, I'm not going to be here this weekend. You guys are going to hear from some of our great preachers and pastors at all of our locations, but I will be back next weekend, and I'm starting our Christmas series, and it's called Peace on Earth. I'm so, so pumped about this series. I've been waiting for two months to preach this So many powerful things we're going to uncover in this series, and it is going to be, you're going to have your best Christmas ever, and we're going to equip you on how to bring God's peace into your home. A lot of the things that you guys have been requesting, the prayer books and different things like that, we're going to have a great package for you, a Christmas package. It'll be a gift. It'll be a blessing, and it'll really empower you as a family on how to bring Jesus into your home over the holidays, and it's going to be so, so powerful. I can't wait. So, hey, look, y'all have a great day today. Um, Remember your heart for the house offering. Bring one to the king if you haven't done that yet, our King Jesus, and I will see you next weekend as we kick off our Christmas series, Peace on Earth. God bless. Peace on Earth. Yes, it is the Christmas season. You know anything about our country? July 5th started the Christmas season. You know that. Go to, uh, where was it, Home Depot? They had all kinds of Christmas trees up. I was like, already? Already. But anyway, help me to welcome our locations in uh, over at Jointon Creek. Come on, give me a hand clap, man. Jointon Creek, Pastor Bob Neal, the original Cajun, and you tell me you're not. You are, get your DNA. Tony Perez, wepa papi, wepa. Yes, over in Orange Park, we have uh, Pastor Willie Wells and Kevin Crowley. Uh, Robert Bass and my main man, Pastor Ian Combs, the original gangster. You're going to have to explain that to Orange Park. And right here, come on, give yourselves a hand clap. Yes. And on behalf of my senior pastors, Pastor Stovall and Kerry Weems, man, just love those guys. Don't y'all love Pastor Stovall and Kerry? They're just normal people, great leaders, normal people. And I wish you guys could have been around when the church first started. Pastor Kerry led in worship. She used to sing. I'm sorry, when you're in church and you do it well, they call it singing. She wasn't singing, she was singing. She did, she sounded really good. And Pastor Stobal was on the keyboards, trying to be like Michael McDonald. <laughs> what a fool believes, wise man. Michael McDonald, sound more like Ronald McDonald. But I'm just, I'm just kidding if you are, I, I love you. But anyway, you know what? Um, 
If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter three. I'm gonna show you something. I've preached this before at other places, but I found some new stuff in here that God showed me. I, nobody, I never heard anybody talk about this. I never saw somebody talk about it, took some information. God literally showed this to me. And so when he showed this to me, I started to, to realize that there are people out there who didn't understand what he showed me. Because when we do something called mobilization, what's happening is we're taking this here, the church, we're taking it out into the world. That's the Great Commission, going to all the world, preaching the gospel, baptizing the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I remember when I was looking at this, God was really dealing with me. And he said to me, son, do you understand the world that you're going into? And that's when it started to change for me. It really changed for me because, you know, people are out there, and once you tell them that you're, you know, I tell people, you ever heard of Celebration Church? Before, you used to be like, no, is that on the, you know, over there uh, uh, in the Merrill Road? And I was like, no, 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 that's a different church. Now, if you heard of Celebration Church, oh, yeah, I've been there, loved it, loved it. And so when I have conversations with people about Celebration Church, you'd be amazed, amazed at what people think about God and Jesus, and it really Help me when I read what I'm getting ready to read to you today and show you what I'm getting ready to show you today. It really helped me to be able to minister to people about God. And so because I'm a communications guy, I like to show videos. I like to look at videos. So as I was preparing for this, I looked at this video and some guy was asking people, do you believe in God? And some of the answers were fascinating. They were fascinating. And so I think we have, no, I think I know we have. I know we have a, a segment of this video. Can we, can we look at this video? Can we show this, please? Yeah, well, we'll talk to people who don't. Well, that's, that's their choice, but <laughs> yeah. they're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> Do I believe in God? Yeah. Yes. Why? Why? Yeah. It's, it's been a long path. It didn't just uh, happen. I was very adamantly against the idea of God for a long time. Do you believe in God? Well, you know, I don't know that I... Uh, am a book God person, you know what I mean, in terms yeah. of man-made God. I think there probably is a God, but I don't think another, I don't think you've got all the answers or, oh, no. you know, or any other man does. All right, here's the, here's the question of the day. Do you believe in God? Um, yes, we are. We do. Why? Why? Because you have to believe in something. Yeah. So do you believe in God? Yeah, but I don't know um, Which, how God is. Yeah. Um, it's important to believe in something, but I don't know what it is. But do you believe in God? I want to. I have questions. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what, the, an example of the kind of question you might ask God. You know, whether God exists or not. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think there's a creator. Um, I, I am Greek Orthodox. I was born and raised there. Oh. Um, um, and goes to church every Sunday. I do go to church every Sunday, um, huh. and I want to believe. I think yeah. I, I believe more in like the power of positive thinking. A personal God is, I think I myself is a God to myself. You're a God to yourself. My world, I am the, at the end, I rule my own world, so I'm a God of myself. I believe in God because, all right, I'm a computer programmer. I know how right. hard it is to design things. Right. I know that making something function is just debugging days, 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 days. And then I look around and I see this universe we live in and how complicated and insanely extreme it is. And I could never do this. No one around could ever do this. And I don't think chance could ever do this. Wow. So. Interesting, do you believe in Jesus? 
I do. Why? Um, because I've looked around at a lot of alternatives and that one wins. <laughs> That's excellent. I looked around at other alternatives and that one wins. So let me read this to you and watch this. This is Genesis chapter three, verses six through nine. It says, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So that they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the son of the Lord God. Everyone say Lord God. As he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to them. Where are you? Title of this message is, is knowing God enough. Father, I just thank you for this message. God, I thank you what you showed me in this message. And Lord, you don't show it to me to preach. You just show it to me to get a greater knowledge of who you are. But you, you, you use me as a, as a mouthpiece for you, Father. So I pray that I will continue to decrease. You and your word will increase, Father. I pray that someone comes to know you in a greater way, Lord Jesus. I pray that through this message, someone would get a revelation of just who you are. And then when they go out and they're talking to coworkers and they're talking to family members and they're talking to people who don't believe, they will be able to come to know you in a greater way, Father. I thank you. That's what mobilization is, God. And I thank you for this message. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen. Now listen, I'm going to give you a chance to participate, okay? You can participate in this message. So I'm going to read some scripture, and I'm going to ask you to um, repeat some things in the scriptures. So watch this. So one day, I'm looking at the Bible. I'm just going through the Bible. So of course, you start in Genesis. If anybody in here is new and you're getting ready to read the Bible, go to John. John had the deepest relationship with Jesus, okay? Because you're going to go to uh, Genesis, you're going to like it, and then you're going to go to Exodus, and then somewhere when you get to Leviticus, you're going to be like, what in the world? Why do you have to go outside the camp if you've got a scar on your knee seven days and move it around? And, uh, and you're going to be like, I'm done with this, okay? But there's a reason for that. I can't get into it right now. But now watch this. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 10. I think we have it. Can we go up here? Now I'm going to read this, all right? Now every time I stop, I want you to fill in the blank. You ready? In the beginning created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of was hovering over the waters. And said, let there be light, and there was light, and saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, and called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Keep going, do we have more? And let there be a vault between the waters, so uh, separate water from water, so made the uh, vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so, and called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And if we have more, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But anyway, all that said God. So I was like, okay, what does that mean, God? See, because in this uh, particular passage of Scripture, God means a certain word. It's Elohim. Elohim, God. What does Elohim mean? Elohim means God, the creator. The one who created the moon, the one who created the stars, the one who created the mountains, the one who created the oceans, the rivers, and the valleys. That's God. And see, through my experience of talking to people, most people believe in God. They really do. Most people believe in God. Here's how I know that. 
You let the Jaguars be in a Super Bowl down by two with three seconds left, and they're getting ready to kick a 40-yard field goal for the win. You will see the whole team believing in God, standing on the sidelines, holding hands. Some of me speaking in tongues. I'm going to say I'm going to my son. I'm going to say I'm going to my son. I'm going to say I'm going to my son. I'm going to say I'm going to sign. Believing in God, man. Believing in God. You played a Powerball for $900 million, and the four numbers that matched your, they, throw, they, they put it, pulled off four balls, and they match yours, and they're getting ready to go to the fifth one? Oh, you believing in God, okay. Oh, God, come on, I need that money, I need that money, I need that money, and it always follows on this. <laughs> and God, if you let me win it, I will tithe to Celebration Church, right? I will tithe to my church. Come on, man, if you ain't tithing on $100, you, another message, another message, another message. Or, and this is a little serious, when you go to the hospital, and I've been at hospital visits, because when people are on their deathbeds, family members, oh man, they believing in God. And I went to the hospital one time, with a friend of mine, I went to the hospital, and there was a, a, a woman, a, a, a guy, and a daughter, and I don't know where they were at with God, but the mom was getting ready to pass away, the wife was getting ready to pass away, and let me tell you something, they were screaming and they were hollering, and I wanted to videotape it, but it would have been disrespectful. They didn't have a relationship with God, and you should have seen the way they were calling out and the way they were pleading when somebody's life was getting ready to be taken away. Now, all of a sudden, you believe in God. But see, everybody believes in God. And here's my first point. You can't just know him as Elohim. You can't just know him as Elohim. Because let me tell you who else believes in Elohim. Watch this. This is Mark chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. This is a demon-possessed man. A demon-possessed man. Now watch this. Now when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, do not torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. Watch this. When I read that, I used to read that for years and I just read it. And see, I grew up with some friends with some crazy names. Nuck, nuck, smoke, peanut. All crazy names, but never in the history of the world have I gone up to somebody and said, what's your name? And they said, Legion. What's your name, Bob? What's your name, Chuck? What's your name, Bill? They said, Legion, and it hit me. When Jesus was talking to the demon, when Jesus was meeting with the demon-possessed man, he wasn't talking to the man. Jesus was talking to the demon. And so the demon recognized Jesus. And what, can you put the scripture back up there, please? Oh, we can get into it now. Put the scripture back up there again, please. Watch this. It's the demons that are talking to Jesus. And it says, he, um, when he saw Jesus, he shouted to the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? That is the demon speaking. That's not the man. That's the demons. So when people tell me, I believe in God, God is good enough, I tell them, oh, you believe in God? So do the demons. They even believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God. And so, now, there are so many religions out there, the one, relig the one thing that separates them from us is that Jesus is the Son of God. The demons are the ones that said, Jesus, what do you want with us, the most high God, uh, Son of God? Now, if the demons believe it, and you don't, this, now watch this, now, now watch this. I was at a pizza shop, I was at a pizza shop, and I went in there to get some pizza. And I didn't know all, all my brothers in there were Muslim, I love my Muslim brothers. 
I grew up with a lot of brothers in Muslim. I grew up with some brothers in the nation of Islam. They no joke. Some of you know what I'm talking about, all right? So I grew up, well, so I'm in a pizza shop. And I go in, and there was a guy behind the, I mean, behind the um, register, and his name was Orphan. And I was like, Orphan, what's up, man? What's going on? He goes, oh, brother James, you don't understand. I had surgery. And he lifted his shirt up and looked like half his stomach was taken out. And see, y'all know me by now, because the world does their stuff, I'm going to do my stuff. So I said, let me pray for you, Orphan, right here, right now. I'm going to pray right now, right now. So I start praying for Orphan. Father, just be with them. Then recover, blah, blah, blah. In the name of Jesus, the Son of the Most High God, there is no other name. In Jesus' name, amen. When I said the name of Jesus, the guy making pizzas came out around the corner. The guy folding boxes came out around the corner. There was a dude in the bathroom. He came out. The guy that was wiping down the, 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 the soda machine, he walked up on me. Brother James, how are you going to come here and preach in the name of God? God cannot have a son. So I slowly backed up. But I had my pizza in hand. I was like, all right, chill, chill. It was one of them times like, all right, James, you want to fight this one or you just want to just chill? See? Bible says to be, be as uh, wise as serpent, but gentle as doves. Right there, I had to be wise, okay? So I backed up, and I was like, all right, cool, man, cool, cool. So then, like a few weeks later, I was at the barbershop. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, y'all saw the 20th anniversary. I used to have, you know, I had a fro, you know. Then I used to have a cornrow. For those of you who don't know cornrow, that mean, that's enough. That's nothing. I don't even go there. <laughs> but anyway, so watch this. So I'm at the barbershop. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting at the barbershop. And the barbershop was packed, and there's a guy sitting next to me, and he's on his computer. I will never forget this as long as I live. And I'm looking at him on his computer, and I was like, yo, man, what you doing? He was like, I'm doing work, okay, on the computer. I was like, but, no, 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 but what are you doing? He was like, I'm doing some work, okay? I'm doing some work. And I said, where do you work at? He goes, I work at the Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic. I mean, they're the, they're the, the, the research with blood and everything. They are the top in this country, the, the, the Mayo Clinic. So he worked there. So I'm looking at his computer, and I was like, hey, man, I recognize that. What is that? It's like, it's a DNA strand. And I was like, all right, man, you ain't the smartest guy in the barbershop. I know what it is. <laughs> and he says to me, he goes, so what are you doing with a DNA strand? We're starting to figure out that your blood comes from your father. And I was like, so you're, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you say? We're starting to figure out that the blood comes through your father. What? And I got up and I ran out. The guy's like, hey, where are you going? I was like, I'll be back. So I ran back to the pizza shop. What's up, guys? What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Brother James, you're not going to come in here and start? No, 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 no. Just give me a slice. I just want a slice, man. I just want a slice. Just hook up a slice. And so after they gave me my pizza, I said, let me ask you a question. You guys came in here and you got on me because I said the name of Jesus. They said, Brother James, don't start that. You can know that God cannot have a son. I said, all right, all right, all right, chill, chill. But let me ask you a question. You believe in Jesus. Oh, of course we believe in Jesus. He was the greatest prophet. I like, all right, I believe in Jesus. You even believe he was sinless. Of course he was sinless. You even believe he's coming back. Of course he's coming back, because when he comes back, him and the Mahadi, they're going to have a fight, and they're going to say that Judas was on the cross. I was like, all right, all right, all right, I know the history. I know the history. I said, but you just said Jesus is not the son of God. Brother James, we told you God cannot have a son. I said, well, ask me a question because the Holy Spirit started to rise up in me. I said, let me ask you a question. I just talked to a guy from the Mayo Clinic who does research with blood. Okay, Brother James. He told me that the DNA comes from the father. Of course, Brother James. I said, if Mary and Joseph have a baby, they have to pass down sinner's blood, but they cannot pass down sinner's blood to a God that's sinless. So if you could tell me where the blood comes from, I'm in Mecca tomorrow. Tomorrow, tell me, tell me how the blood gets passed down. Tell me. 
And they got mad at me and they told me to leave because here's what they couldn't understand. That if Jesus is not the son of God, then he has to have sin. But he was the only one who was born with no sin. He wasn't born like you and me because our fathers passed down sinner's blood to us. So if you could tell me why he is sinless, the blood has to come from somewhere. Just tell me that. Just tell me that. See, they also believe in God. They also believe in God. But let's move on, because now here's where it gets a little peculiar. So I go to chapter two in Genesis. Can we bring it up? Here we go again, participation. This is the account of the heavens and the earth, when they created, when the made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrubs had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung from the and had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Hold on, hold that, back that up for a minute, back that up for a minute. And that is why, see, it never rained. That's why when Noah was told to build an ark because it was gonna rain, people didn't believe him, because it never rained before. Ever rained before, that's a whole nother message. Go, go on, please. Then the formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the, he had planted a garden in the east and in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The, made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden there was tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Stay there. Now we're in the Lord God. What happened to God? Now it's Lord God. See here, Lord God is Yahweh. That means God with us in relationship. And I even talked to some of my, uh, uh, some of my, my Hebrew brothers. Pastor Paul that comes up here, does First Fridays, I was on the phone with him like, dude, you got to explain this to me because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at it, but I'm, 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 you know, I'm seeing some things, but what's going on here? See, it's Yahweh. It's God with us in relationship. Watch this. This is in Genesis chapter 2.7, the Lexus English Bible. I love it. It says, when Yahweh God formed the man of the dust from the ground and he blew into his nostrils the breath of life, the man became a living creature. See, it was relational. He wanted relationship, relationship with us, not just God. He wants relationship with us, Yahweh, relationship. And you know what, Pastor Stobel has been talking about how this is a sacred space. I remember I went to a camp when I was eight years old. It was called Camp Pauly Dean. It was right outside Pittsburgh, Camp Pauly Dean. And me and my cousin wanted to go swimming at eight years old. And I didn't know how to swim. I know how to swim now, contrary to popular demand, I know how to swim, okay? Really know how to swim. I know how to get it in. I know how to get it in. And so when we were going to the swim, the guy said something that I never, I, 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 I didn't even take seriously until I started preparing this message. He said, I was, now you kids, if the, those of you who don't know how to swim, you gotta understand the relationship that you have with the water. I'm like, come on, man, I'm eight years old, it's about 90 degrees out here, I just wanna get in the water. And he was like, but you have to understand the relationship with water. What he was saying was, there are people who don't understand the relationship with water. There are people who understand that water is just to get wet and to cool off. But see, when you have a deeper relationship with water, you understand it's not just to get wet and to cool off, but you can also surf on it. You can deep sea dive in it. You can, you can, um, you can uh, tube in it. You can go deep sea fishing in it. You can, you can uh, ride things. You can uh, ride different th things on it. See, jet skis, that's what it is. Jet skis, you can ride jet skis on it. 
See, because when I grew up, I didn't have that relationship with water, but I had some friends who had some jet skis and some friends who took me surfing and everything like that, and I was like, wow, this is cool. This is cool. Watch this, church. This is cool because I had a different relationship with water. It wasn't just to get in, get cold, or get wet. See, the relationship was you can do a whole lot more with water than you think, and those who understand the relationship with water seem to have more of a good time with water, not just those who want to get wet and swim. But here's what I also learned. See, when you walk up on water, you better have a respect for that relationship because you can't go up on some 40-foot water talking about, let's just get in the water. It'll kill you if you don't have the proper respect with the relationship. You have to understand the relationship with the water. It's not just for you to get wet and to swim. It's a deeper relationship than that. And if you don't understand it, it can hurt you. See, you have to understand Relationship. Now watch this. Relationship. Now watch. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Okay? It says, Now the serpent was more craftier than any of the wild animals, the Lord God. So now I'm like, okay, we're back to Lord God. He said to the woman, the demon, or, or, or the, 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 the serpent, Did God really say? Who did he say? He did not say Lord God. This is why. you got to understand this. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must, you you must not touch it or you would die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat it from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. When, she saw, when the woman saw that the fruit was, of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Here's what happened. The enemy used God. He couldn't use Lord God because he doesn't have a relationship with God. So he used God to Adam and Eve. And you know what they did? They came back saying God. He said God. They said God. So here's what he's thinking. I'm going to have them think that God is the one who sits on the throne, who gives you the rules, who stands there and watches over you and makes sure you don't do anything good or bad. What he did is he got Adam and Eve to be confused or to see what was wrong with the world instead of what is good with God. See, because some of us will wake up in the morning and say, God, I can't believe my back was hurting. Wrong with the world instead of God. I thank you for this day that you have given me what is good with God. You see, because some of us, some of us will be like, man, my kids are driving me up the wall. What's going on? Instead of God, I thank you for these kids because I know people at Celebration Church who pay thousands of dollars just to have kids. God, I don't love that. I don't like this job. You need to get me out of here. But thank you, God, for letting me be able to be able to provide for my family. Thank you. See, the enemy tried to get Adam and Eve to see what was wrong with the world instead of what was good with God. But it was about a relationship. It was about a relationship. It was saying, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, God is a God. You can't have a relationship with God. He's going to come down there and he's going to get on your case. He got them to believe that. He got them to believe it so much. They were in the Garden of Eden. Do you know it was in the Garden of Eden? I don't know, but I can just imagine there's all kinds of things that were in the Garden of Eden. Let me put it to you this way, because this is the way I saw it. Nicole, if God, this, Nicole, God says, all right, Nicole, listen, put you in the Garden of Eden. And look. No, 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 no. Nicole, I'm going to let you go to Publix, okay? We're going to, listen. We're going to lock the doors at 11 o'clock. 
You can eat anything you want. Nicole, do not touch the Nabisco chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> They're off limits. So Nicole goes in Nabisco. I mean, she goes in the, she goes in the Publix. And she's over there, she's over cutting her own sandwich, getting cold cuts, cutting, eating, just walking around, drinking right out of the container, walking around, just going, looking at the donuts, getting a hostess donuts, everything like that. Then she decides she wants to make spaghetti, and she goes, gets a pot, water, makes spaghetti, makes spaghetti sauce and everything. And then all of a sudden, someone comes in and goes, hey, Nicole, what you up to? Oh, I'm just in here in Publix by myself, just having a good time. Hey, Nicole, you checked out the Nabisco chocolate chip cookies? Uh uh-uh, uh, we're not allowed to talk to, we're not allowed to touch those. No, Nicole, have you have you looked at the chocolate chip? Nicole, come, come, come here, Nicole. Come here. Let's look at the Nabisco. Then all of a sudden we find ourselves in front of the Nabisco chocolate chips, like, oh, they sure look good, don't they? Wow. Meanwhile, you got some Oreos over here. You even got the chocolate chips with the M&Ms in them. You may have some, um, some Lorna Dunes and some other type of cookies, but we all of a sudden like, ooh, look at the chocolate chips. Ooh, man, look at the chocolate chips. And see what the enemy does is he says, it's okay. It's okay when your Lord and your Savior told you no, or when your God told you no, it's okay. And we find ourselves looking at the chocolate chip cookies and can't figure out why we're eating chocolate chip cookies when we're in Publix, when there's 14 aisles. I know there's 14 because I go to Publix every day. There's 14 aisles of different things, but we find ourselves looking at the chocolate chip cookies. Watch, here's why. Because we don't understand our relationship with God. We don't understand our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about relationship. It's not about what you know. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, watch this, watch this, watch this. I can't go up to Tiger Woods and say, his house, knock on the door, hey Tiger, it's me James. I saw you play at Stanford. I saw you win your first match. Hey, Kobe Bryant, I saw you at Lower Marion High School. I saw you play with the Lakers. I remember when you were number eight and then you went to number 24. Hey, LeBron James, I saw you back in Akron. I remember you were the first high school basketball player that ESPN showed. I saw you play with the Cavaliers. I saw you play with, with, with the Heat and I saw you go back with the Cavaliers and I saw you play with the Lakers. Can I come in your house? They're going to look at me. They're going to say, I don't care how much you know about me. I don't care what you read about me. I don't care the stats that you know. If you don't have a relationship with me, you can't get in here. You can't get in here. And see, there are people out there to think, if I go to church 50 out of 52 Sundays, it doesn't matter if you know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It doesn't matter if you know the difference between the Septuagint and the Tetragrammaton. It doesn't matter if you know the 12 uh, tribes of, of Egypt, I mean Israel, or you know the 12 spies that went into the Promised Land, or that when Jesus Christ was 12 years old, the disciples questioned him, or he had 12 disciples. None of that matters. See, it's not about what you know about him. You have to have a relationship with him. Not just about him. With him. See, because there's too many people out there who tell me, I know who God is. And I look at him and says, so does Satan. And I stop right there. There was one guy, there was one guy at Publix, myself and Christina Morales at Orange Park, Christina, what's up? We were getting a whole bunch of things for an outreach and all this stuff. And this guy was like, wow, man, you having a picnic? I was like, nah, man, it's for Celebration Church. He's like, I know who God is. 
was like, so does Satan, what's up? God kind of looked at me and I was like, let's try this again differently, James, all right? Why is a serpent, but gentle as doves. Gentle as doves. Now watch this, because this is where it gets real interesting. You don't think the enemy knows what he's doing. This is when God really showed me and I started tearing. Now watch this. You must know God as Yahweh. Watch this, Matthew 4, 4 verse through 10. I'm gonna read it up here. Because now, now Satan is coming and he's tempting Jesus. He's tempting Jesus. Watch this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and he said, remember what the tempter, Satan? Remember, he doesn't use Lord Jesus. He doesn't have a relationship. So this is what he uses. If you are the son of God, tell these stones that to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here's what Satan's thinking. He used God, I used God. I did it with Adam and Eve, I used God, they used God. I'm gonna get Jesus just like I got Adam and Eve. I'm gonna have him believe that it's only God. You really can't have a relationship with him, it's just God. But Satan didn't know that you don't play Monopoly with Milton Bradley because you will not win, okay? Watch, go to the next scripture. Then the devil took him to a holy city and, uh, and had him uh, stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now watch this, church. For it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you would not strike your foot against the stone. Let me stop right there. Do we have Psalms chapter 91 on my notes? Do we have it? Psalms chapter 91. Well, I think we have it. We don't have it. We'll get it next service. Because watch, that's Satan. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so they will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan is quoting Psalms chapter 91. So when people tell me, I know who God is, I follow up with so does Satan. Let me add one more to you. He even knows scripture. And he tried to use it on Jesus Christ. You don't think if he checked, if he was trying to um, mess with Jesus, he's not going to do the same thing to us? You don't think? But watch what Jesus said. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put who? The Lord your God to the test. Keep going. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Here's what is going on. Satan tried to come and he tried to check Jesus on his relationship with God. But Jesus was telling him, don't you get it, Satan? What you see me do, you see the Father do? That's why your Bible says in, in, in John chapter chapter 14, verse 6, the only way through the Father is not coming to church every Sunday. The only way through the Father is not knowing the Bible from front to back. The only way through the Father is not showing up with a nice suit on and just doing the right things week after week. It says the only way through the Father is through the Son. You cannot get to God without a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't do it. And we've had people out there, and you've seen the video, that continually say, I know who God is. It's okay. How many times do you watch something and somebody passes away and they're like, oh, they're in a better place? How? Just tell me how. Here's another one I want to help you with. When somebody passes away and people are like, did my father, did my grandmother, did my grandfather, did my uncle, did my aunt, do they go to heaven? Here's what I answer. I don't know. I'm still working on James. That is hard. 
just working on James. Some of you are like, amen. <laughs> that is hard. So my Bible says you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm working on James getting to heaven. I don't know what's up with them. I'm working on James. Okay? I'm working on James. Now watch this. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 28. My third point is God wants you to have a tangible relationship with Christ. A tangible relationship. Let me read this to you. John chapter 20, verses 24 to 28. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks, this is, I'm sorry, this is Thomas, doubting Thomas, who was like, I know Jesus died, but he didn't rise again, okay? See, because if Jesus died and he didn't rise again, everything we do, we do it in vain, all right? But Thomas is like, I know he died, but he didn't rise again, did he? Watch this. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. That's a whole nother message. Jesus gets, uh, has got his friends. They turn on him, and they talk bad about him, and they curse his name, and he sees them, and the first thing he says to him is, peace be with you. James Price would have said, oh, man, y'all ran from me. I'm getting ready to put my foot in somebody, but that's a whole nother message, okay? <laughs> Why is Jesus? Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out and put, and reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believing. Uh, stop doubting and believing. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. This is what Thomas was saying. Thomas was saying, my Lord and my God. Number one, oh, I know you're God. You beat death. You beat death, and now you're standing here in front of me, so I know you're God. But now I'm having this belief issue, and you're standing right here in front of me, and you want relationship with me, so you've got to be my Lord as well. You're not just God who comes up, sits up there and controls everything and made everything, but you're also my Lord who is right here with me, who is right here with me. And there's a lot of us in here that we believe in God, and we trust God, and we believe in Jesus, but can he really be here for us when we really need him? Can he? He was there for Thomas. God is not a respecter of persons. That means it doesn't matter. You got an issue, he shows up. Now you may not see the answer right away. Why do we not see the answer right away? Here's what I figured out, that when it takes time, you will see the footsteps where God and Jesus lined it up the whole time. And you will look at it and you'll be like, there's no doubt that it was Jesus, because it can't be on, on me. This is not even my notes, but God is telling me to say it. When I applied for my job at the University of North Florida, 86 people applied. They gave three interviews. They gave three interviews, 86 people applied. I was praying to live in the South. When I was shoveling snow in Pittsburgh, in Buffalo, in Syracuse, I used to say, God, I, let me tell you something. I know I'm not religious, I didn't know any better, but if you really hear me, would you please put me in a place one day where I'll never have to shovel snow again? 86 people applied. They gave three interviews. I'm the guy. But now watch, come on, come on. When I went back to New York after I got the job at UNF, I had PhDs teaching in the New York SUNY system for 25, 30 years come up to me and they said, James Price, how in the world did you ever find a job in Jacksonville, Florida? And I looked dead at him and said, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? I didn't know all this was going to happen, but here's all I knew. 
I didn't want to shovel snow anymore. And I was talking to God. And I was like, God, if you're there, if you're listening to me, now watch this. And I've preached this in another message. He doesn't come when I want him. He comes when I know, when he knows I need him. It's a relational thing. It's relational. See, with Thomas, he had this unbelief. And see, he realized that it wasn't just God, but it was Lord God. Are you with me? Because watch this. This is what God told me to write down. See, when he's God, he created the world. When you know him as Lord, he'll change your world. When he's God, he created the rivers. When he's Lord, he walks on your water. When he's God, he works above time. When he's your Lord, he wants to spend all his time with us. Now watch this. Chapter 3, verse 6 through 9. Here we go again. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband. Let me move on to verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the woman, where are you? If you read the rest of it, he said, he told you you were naked. In other words, see, because here's what I used to think. I used to think I can't have a relationship with Jesus Christ because I'm a bad person. I'm out here hanging around with my drug dealing friends. I'm out here doing all kind of craziness. I'm always out here fighting and arguing, especially on a basketball court. Some of you know, okay? I can't have a relationship with Jesus Christ because of the way I'm doing and the way I'm living. I'm here to tell you that is wrong. That is from the pit of hell because God came to Adam and Eve after they messed up and he never came to them like, you messed everything up. God never came to them and was like, oh my goodness, now from eternity past to eternity present, it's never going to be the same. God never came to them and was like, oh, what have you done? You're going to kill the whole God. He never did that. He went up to them and he said, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. I'm coming to look for you because I love you. And something else told you that you were naked? i got to find out who you listened to. Who told you that? See, he wants relationship with us. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong. Your Bible says that when we come to Jesus and ask forgiveness, our sins are as far away as the east is to the west. It's not about a performance. Please, it's not. And there are too many people that I talk to and I'm witness to, they're like, man, I can't come to that church, man. You don't know what I've done. I said, Moses killed a man. Paul used to kill people. Did you kill anybody? If you did, I don't want to know. But you're still in a good place. You can still have a relationship with Jesus Christ because what the enemy wants to know, thank you, God. I was at a Bible study where a guy was an attorney and he went up on stage and he was just giving some announcements. And the first announcement that he gave was, you know, my name is whatever, whatever. I'm a persecuting attorney. He said, my, my, my main goal is to get the person on trial to be confused about the truth. And if they're confused about the truth, they'll hang themselves every time. I looked, I was like, oh, oh, I got up and ran out. And the people were like, dude, where are you going? I was like, because, you know, I'm that type of guy. I'm always seeing God in something. And so they said, what? I said, he said, all he has to do is get the person on trial confused about the truth. I said, what's that? I said, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. All he wants to do is get us confused about the truth of who Jesus Christ is. We'll hang ourselves every time. That's his whole goal. That's his whole goal. And watch this. This is how I tangibly knew I had a relationship with Jesus Christ. I always like to end with a, with a story. What I'm about to tell you is a true story. I cannot make this up. Worship team, you can come out now. I was in Tampa speaking somewhere. I was in Tampa. It was a while ago. 
So long ago, I was sitting at a phone booth, phone booth, for you young people, phone booth. There was a phone that you could sit, but anyway, okay? Now listen to this Orange Park, listen to this Jolenton Creek. I'm sitting at this phone booth, and there's a guy in another phone booth. He was a missionary from, I think it was from uh, Argentina. All I know is I heard him say, Jesus Cristo, Jesus Cristo, Jesus Christ in Spanish. And so I was like, all right, man, uh, what's up, dude? How you doing? He was like, oh, how are you? I was like, well, what do you do? I'm a missionary, blah, 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 blah. And I had two $5 bills in my pocket, and they were folded. I don't know why they were folded. They were folded. And I took the two $5 bills, folded, and I gave them to the man. And I said, sir, it's all I have in cash. I want to show this to your ministry. Oh, my brother, thank you very much. And he prayed for me. I was like, all right. I got on a plane. I left. Two or three weeks later, I'm going to a major meeting. This is when I was working at the University of North Florida. Major meeting. I'm driving down the street, and I was like, man, I got to get some gas, but I can't be late for this meeting. So I drive up to the gas pump. I reach into my console, and my wallet's not there. I was like, I left it in my wife's car. What am I going to do? I don't have any money. I got to get gas. I'm going downtown. It's a very important meeting. It's going to turn my job. What I'm about to tell you is a true story. So I turn. I'm getting ready to cry because I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? I turn. I look at the front door of the gas station. And I, and I look. Watch this, church. I look at the front door of the gas station. And I'm like, I think there's some money there. And I'm looking at it. And here's the amazing part. As I'm looking at the money, there are people walking past it, just walking past it, just, just walking past the money, just walking past it. And I'm saying to myself, it can't be money or people would have picked it up. And I'm looking and I get out the car because I need some gas, you know what I'm saying? And I get out the car and I'm walking towards it and I look and it's money and I do what we all do. <laughs> and I'm standing there. People look at me. What's up with this guy? What, what, he get me? What, I'm just like, Hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? Welcome to the gas station. <laughs> now watch. Now watch. I take my foot off the money, and I pick it up, and I go back to the gas pump. I'm going to use this. I'm going to go back to the gas pump. And when I go back to the gas pump, I was like, good, I got some money. Let me pump this gas and go pay for it. I open up the money, and it's two $5 bills folded exactly the way I gave them to the missionary in Tampa. And I said, God, you hear me. Jesus, I know you hear me. There's no way in the world people were walking past that money. And it wasn't for me. That's when I knew there was something about a relationship with Jesus Christ that he doesn't come when we want him. He comes when he knows we need him. Amen? Come on, give God a hand clap. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. every head bow and every eye closed. No, forget it. No, 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 no. With every eye open and everybody watching. If you're in here, if you're in here, and there was something that I said, it's not a heaven or hell deal. There's just something I said that made you think differently about your relationship with God and Jesus Christ. If that's you, 
I want you to signify by just raising a hand. Yeah, that's what, that's what, because God taught me something. He taught me something. Now watch this. Here's where it gets deep. See, because I believe that there are some of you in here like, God, I know I have situations going on. God, I know this is happening. God, my family, my finances. God, this, that. And I'm calling on you. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is here right now. He has a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. If you're in here and you're like, man, I just need some prayer. I need Jesus Christ to show up in my situation. If that's you, I want you to signify by raising a hand. Just raise a hand. Yes, just raise a hand. Now watch this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because it's Jesus that said this in Luke chapter 12, verse 8. This was always what got me. He said, if you ever deny me in front of man, I'm going to deny you in front of my Father in heaven. But when you accept me in front of man, I'm accepting you in front of my Father in heaven. And I thought real quick, if you can't accept Jesus here, you ain't doing it out there. If you've never accepted Jesus, all these people watch, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that, I want you to signify by raising a hand. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do. Let me pray first. Let me pray first. I'm going to pray first. Father, I thank you for those who raised their hand for a relationship with you. God, I pray that you would do something. It's not about what they do. The only thing it's about is what they do when they ask you to come into their lives. And for those of you who raised your hand, I want you to repeat this after me in church. I want you to repeat it as a declaration of your faith. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. I believe today that you died on the cross and that you rose again for my sins and my salvation. I love you and I need you. In Jesus' name. For those of you who there's an issue that you have going on, because here's what the enemy is telling you. Oh, God hears you. God sees you. He ain't going to do anything down here. This means absolutely nothing. I can tell you all the blessings that I've had from coming down here. Again, another story. I remember going to God about my daughter had a situation that she was getting ready to get into for, for, to go to graduate school. And I said, God, you can't do this one. Two years ago when we went through prayer and fasting, I went to the altar. I said, God, I don't know if you can do this one. Watch this. God answered my prayer. I'm not bragging on the situation. I'm bragging on the relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ allowed my daughter to go to medical school at Yale. I graduated high school with a 2.5. <laughs> All right? So I'm just telling you, the things that have happened at this altar, God, Jesus Christ wants to answer. He wants you to know, just like Thomas, not only am I God working all things out, but I'm also here with you. If that's you, I want you to let the enemy know, enemy, we're not going to believe what's bad with the world and what's not good with God. We're going to believe what was good with God. If that's you, I want you to come down to this altar on the count of three. One, two, three. You come down here and we're going to pray for you. Come on. If we have some prayer leaders, we want you to come down. Come on. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.